Welcome to LifePoint Fellowship Church. We're so glad you're listening today. If you would like to connect with us, feel free to text hello to our church number, 903-592-8357. Let's go listen to the message. Hey, once again, welcome to LifePoint. What a, what, what a beautiful morning. What a beautiful weather. How many of you are enjoying this weather? How many of you like, I'm Merlin? Cold people, yes, of course, of course. Yes, and, and but the, the most important thing, like we get together to worship and bring glory to God, an amazing God. The song that we stand says, what a powerful, what a beautiful name it is. And that's what it is. The presence of Jesus in this place is a gift. And, and I just want to invite you this moment to give a round of applause to his presence. He's here. He's with us. This is a living service. We meet every time, every Sunday, just to celebrate a God that rose up from the dead. And today, it's my privilege to, for bring, to me to bring God's word to you. My name is Nicholas. I'm one of the pastors here at LifePoint. And I just want to invite you to go to God in prayer this morning. Father God, thank you so much for the opportunity to be here. You are so good. You always be, God. Thank you for speaking to us through your word. Thank you for speaking to us through circumstances in life. Thank you for just wanting to connect with, with us, God. And uh, I just want to invite you, Holy Spirit, to do as you want to do. This is your people. We are your chosen. We are the people that have been called to bring light to the world of darkness. God, and I praise your name this morning for the opportunity to gather again, to celebrate you once again, Jesus. I also want to take a time to pray for the nation of Israel, God. I want to pray for them as they go through these difficult times. I want to pray, God, and I want to lift them up to you. I pray for the peace of Israel as you have commanded us in your word, God. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Well, today's message title is Dare to be Different. Dare to be Different. And we're going to be looking at the book of Numbers, chapter 13. So just open your Bible, your Bible app, and goes to the book of Numbers, chapter 13. This book is the fourth book of the Bible. Bible verse will be on the screen, but a book of Numbers, chapter 13. And as you look for it, let me give you a little bit of background to see how we get to chapter 13. And we're going to be talking about the nation of Israel. If you, if you don't know, the nation of Israel is God's chosen people. It was a group of people that God chose to, to show all the rest of the nation his power. So God chose these people, but these people are slaves in Egypt. They have been a slave for many, many years. But uh, these people, were, they were slaves in Egypt. They cried out to God, and they said, God, will you deliver us from slavery? They just cried and cried to the point that God was listening to their prayers because God always listened to our prayers. And God called a man named Moses to deliver his people, and he did. We, 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 we read in the book of Exodus that God delivered them with mighty power. And, and, and they were no longer slaves. But uh, they were now going to another promise that God made. And, and it's to go to the promised 
land. Every time that you hear the promised land, it's in reference to Canaan, the territory of Canaan where God was just directing his people to. So this people is going to from slavery from Egypt to the promised land, and, and they are seeing God's mighty hand just delivering them from everything, all the obstacles in life, and now they're so close to Canaan. And that's what we are. The Bible said that they camp in, in, in one part of the desert, and they just looking from far the promised land, which is Canaan. And this is where we are in chapter 13 today. And we're going to see what happened as they look forward to, to, these, to possess this land. And this, the Bible says in verse 1, Numbers chapter 13, verse 1, The Lord said to Moses, God speaking to Moses, giving instructions how they're going to possess the land. He said, this is what God says, verse 2. Send some man to explore the land of Canaan, which I which I giving to the Israelites. Pay attention to that, which I giving to the Israelites. From each ancestral tribe, send one of the leaders. So what's happening right now? There's twelve tribes in Israel, and God is saying, "You guys gonna possess the land, but this is what I want you Moses to do. Just." Choose 12 men to go and take a look at the land before everybody go in. It's kind of like going and making audit what's going on in that land. So Moses got 12 men and sent them out to possess the land. And I want you to notice this. This This wasn't anything easy for these people. Let me tell you why. These people have been a slave in Egypt for 430 years. So... Their mind wasn't that ready to, to go in concurrent nations. So God sent spies first. And, 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 and you, you know, like, so, so sometimes it, it wasn't like God didn't know, like, who inhabited that land. It wasn't like God didn't know what it takes to conquer that land. But uh, when you read the whole story, what you can tell is like God is trying to provoke on them a mind shift. From a slavery mind shift to, to children of God mind shift before they move into that land. And, 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 and you can tell, like, really, really, God knew, like, he was all that he needed for them to conquer the land. It's not God all we need to conquer in this life. It's not God our all. It's not God our everything. God knew they, the only thing they need is me. That's all they need to conquer the land. I promise them. But I, I'm not sure if they were convinced of that. Because when you read all the chapter, you're going to find out that it was easier for God to take them out of Egypt than take Egypt out of them. That, that slavery, my shit was still there. And, and and so the, 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 the reality is that uh, we all have been in Egypt at one point of our lives. Because Egypt, it just represents the spiritual slavery of sin. It, it, we all were there. We all were slaves of sin at one point. But at the power 
of God came through our life just strike us hard and we just surrender everything to him and I want you to know like God didn't bring you out of Egypt like these people to let you wander in wilderness God bringing you up he's giving you his word he gives you his, his command he gives you his instructions because he wants you to go and conquer what he got called you to to, to, to conquer he wants you to be the person that he intended for you to be and this is what happening right now 12 spies are going to Canaan to the promised land to see what's going on there and this is and what we're going to see right now is two different reports 12 people are going to spy the land but uh, there's two reports report of the temp and report of the two to ten of them just bring a report. So let's focus now in the first report, the report of the ten, and this is some verse twenty-seven, book of Numbers chapter thirteen, verse twenty-seven. This this is what they said after coming back for 40, 40 days in that land. They said they gave Moses this account. We went into the land to which you send us. And it does flow with milk and honey. That sounds like a good breakfast. Mm -mm -mm. Here is the fruit. They even brought like a cluster of grapes to show like Moses, we went. And, and it's good. And even look at the fruit. It is a, a land that flows milk and honey, which it was a reference that the, the land was very beautiful and fruitful. And this, this is what they continue saying, verse 28. But the people who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. By the way, those uh, descendants of Anak are a generation of giants. So they they seen the, the power of them and and. and the report continued in verse 31. They said, But the man who had gone with him said, We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, The land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw, there are great size. We saw the Nephilim there, the descendants of Anak, come from the Nephilim. We seem like, say that word with me, we seem like grasshopper in our own eyes, and they look the same, and we look the same to them. Right. So there, just to summarize the report, report of the TN. They're saying the land is good, the land is bueno, it's, it's a really good land, but uh, this, is the, this, is the, this is the wrong part, this is the, this is the wrong side. He said, we can't attack those people. This is the report of the TN. They said, this land, these guys that live there, even the land divorced those living in it. And the fourth part, the report was, we look like grasshoppers. I don't know who want to treat Themselves like insects or grasshoppers, but that's the way they were seeing to. They were seeing themselves. They recognized the land was good, but it was so good for them. It was too good for them. 
Let me say that again. They recognized that the land was good, but it was too good for them. I don't know how many times you in life, you just pursuing a dream, you pursuing a goal that God's giving you. You know, like God spoke to you. You feel in your heart like this is God, what God wants for you, and you just going after it. But it gets to a point that you start considering the cost. You you can start considering the high value. You consider you consider start thinking like how much you need to sweat, how how, how much time you gotta wait, how much effort you have to put into it. You, you start considering even looking at your own wickedness, and you say, "Man, I lack of I'm a lack of discipline, man. I'm a lack of discipline, woman. I just I have procrastination." Um, and, and you start looking to all these details, and you feel like then you saying, "You know, that is good." But it's too good for me. And then you know what you do? You give up and you settle for less. Let me ask you this question. How bad do you want it? How bad do you want the life that God intended for you to live? How bad do you want it? You know, something, sometimes I just stay with my wife and, 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 and I just say this to her. Say, hey. You know what I'm afraid of in life? Like when the time I had to live this life, knowing that I, had, that I could do more, that I could have done more, but I wasn't courageous enough. And I don't know, about, I don't know if that happened to you or not, but it happened to me often, thinking that I could have done more, but I wasn't courageous enough. I was embracing fear so close that I was seeing that that was too good for me. And, and, and then I'm so tiny, just like a grasshopper. Nothing is more expensive than a missed opportunity. And God's giving you opportunities in life. Do you know the opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overalls and it looks like hard work? Opportunity is missed by most people because it is dressed in overall. It looks like hard work. That's what happened with the team spies. They seen that the land is good. They know God is, had given it to them. But they say, no, we can't attack those people. We're like grasshopper. Like, who are we to attack those people? And that was the land that God has given it to them. But they're looking about themselves. They cried out. They say, we can do it. They are converting the greatest opportunity of their life in the worst nightmare. You know, this morning during volunteer rally, which is, is the time of huddling and, and, and devotional and prayer that we have to, to receive you guys, um, and we were sharing about David and Goliath, how this giant came and was talking and was just blaspheming the name of God and, just, and Saul and the rest of the people were just afraid of his words. But uh, God rose up a man. He called a man named David. And that man came and he said, for David, that giant was just, just an uncircumcised Philistine. For David, that man was just, he was just getting in trouble. He just 
Man, he was just in the line for David. He, he, didn't look the, he didn't look like the other people were looking at him. He was just looking at the man like, man, you don't know. You, you're going to get in big trouble. You're defying the God Almighty. And God used David with the tool, with the experience, with the age that he has. He just used him with slingshot and stone. And this guy defeated the giant. I want you to know today that when God put a giant in front of you, when there's a difficult situation, when there is a huge reality, that this guy wasn't hiding the reality. But the problem is, like they were looking at things of their own view, you knowing God's view. The problem is when you and I start looking at things like the way they are, when, when God's saying, but I want you to see more. This, this is what I'm promising to you. When God put a giant in front of you, because he knows the David that's inside of you as well. To defeat him, to bring him down. Someone needs to be reminded of this word. Philippians 4.13 For I can do everything through Christ who gives me, gives me what church? Strength. I can do everything through Christ. It's not through me. It's not my war. It's not my battle. It's not even my victory. Everything I have belongs to him. There are some takeaways I want to share with you in the story of the 12 spies. And, and, and the first one is when God is commanding you to go and conquer, don't throw in the towel. Don't throw in the towel because seeing this is what's happening with the team spies they were ready they were walking but they went and take a look and they said you know what we can do it and feel like they wanted to throw in the towel by the way have you ever heard that term before throwing in the towel and I don't know you're a lover of uh, boxing a sport or not and I'm not endorsing it either but uh, they usually use this phrase Throwing the towel when 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 a boxer has had enough, right? When 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 and and they just know that like the boxer can't go any farther and just and they just throw in the towel. But you know, like something interesting about throwing the towel is that the only one that can throw in the towel, you know who that is? Who's the one that can throw in the towel? The coach, the trainer. Ha, he's the only one. You never see the boxer, the boxer boxing, right? And having the towel here. No, the the, the coach had the coach had knows this guy. The the coach is looking at him, and he had the towel. And and um and and, it, and it's interesting because sometimes oh, there's a picture right there. By the way, that's not Pastor Alex. This is just another <laughs> trainer, but. Uh, yeah, the coach is the only one to have the, that, right? And, and, and it's, we can take it all because you're going to get people distracted. So, and <laughs> as, a, as an analogy, you know, life, life is like boxing. Life is like boxing. Doesn't it? Sometimes you feel like you win. Guess who's your coach? When you wanted to throw the towel in, he's, he said, no, son, 
No, daughter, we're not throwing the towel. We're not throwing the towel in this moment. I know what is in you. This is this this is your God speaking to you today. Man, He has put so much in you. There is so much of God in you. God knows you. You were created to His image. And you got something. You got something from somebody that is from God. God placed divine potential in you. He knows you more than you know. He knows what you're capable to do. And when you're facing a situation and you thought that like you couldn't go for, Father, you you thought like you never could have victory. God said, "I know you. I know what I put in you. And we are together." on this and we were going to make it through. God sealed you with the Holy Spirit. God said in 2 Timothy 1.7, I have not given you a spirit of fear, but I have given you a spirit of power, love, and self-control. Just take, just take courage and keep fighting the fight. Because I am with you. We're together on this. I won't let you down. You know, um, two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, I got a call from uh, the oncologist's office from um, my, you, I don't know if you know, but my mom facing leukemia since the beginning of the year, and they have been a fighting, and, um, um, and, and I got a call from this office, and they said, well, uh, we just got the results back from the lab, and, and uh, white cells are just raising up again, which means leukemia is coming back on her system. And, and they said, um, at this point, we can do anything else. They said, you, you might consider looking to hospice or to palliative care. And, and so I asked a few questions. Hey, God. And, and that was the time I know that I need to come and just spend time with God. And I came to the church. And I came to this place. And I just cried out into my prayer. I'm making other phone calls, and and by Gregorio God, my mom has a new oncologist, and and she has she started a new treatment, and all the numbers, all the blood counts have been improving, and for the glory of God, I confirmed like we're not throwing the, we're not throwing in the towel yet, we're not throwing in this towel yet. You know, God has left you a command in His word, no suggestion. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, but be strong and courageous. Be strong and courageous because I'm with you. Because I'm with you. I won't abandon you. I won't forsake you. I, I, I'm holding you in my right hand. And I don't know how many of you are just living in a situation right now that you feel like God is the only one holding you because otherwise you wouldn't be able to stand your feet. But God is there. I will tell you, don't waste your suffering. Don't waste your story. Don't waste your pain. Don't waste that illness. Don't, don't waste that difficult situation. Bring it to God. Bring it to Him. He's not intimidated. He can take it. He can make it for His glory. He's not intimidated with it. When somebody says, can I trust God with my life? Can I tr trust God with my tomorrow? Of course you can. The answer is yes. You can trust God with you today. You can trust God with you tomorrow. You can trust God with, with you forever, with your future. You can trust him with that. 
You should surrender to God's direction every time that you want to throw in the towel. Because it might be, it might be you thinking it's time, but for God, it's no time yet. So let's go back to Numbers chapter 13. And, and as, after seeing the report of the 10, we're going to take a time to focus on the report of the 2 now. 10 says, we can't. They're too big for us. And now there's two people that's going to speak. And, um, and then we're going to go to Numbers chapter 13, verse 30. And it says, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land. For we can certainly do it. You know, it's all about godly perception. Would you tell the person next to you, it is a matter of godly perception. Come on, tell the person next to you, it is a matter of godly perception. You know, 12 of them were saying, 12 of them saw the same things, 12 of them were exposed to the same scenario, 12 of them smelled, taste, felt the same, 10 said, I can't, we can't, and two have a different perception to say, we can go and conquer. That was Joshua and Caleb. The only difference that were between the ten and the two, like the two are saying, we see things like God had said it. God said, go and do it, and that's what we need, should, that's what we should do. Let me tell you, they refuse to call themselves grasshoppers. This is what he said, continue saying in verse 6, the report of the two. They said, Joshua, son of Nun, and Caleb, son of, mm -hmm, who were among those who explored the land, tore their clothes. You know, that throwing their clothes was a sign of disagreement, of frustration. I can't believe you, TN, you're saying that we can when God said we can. Verse 7 says, and, say, and they said to the entire Israelite assembly, the land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. Look at the difference between the TN and the two. The two said, the TN was said it was good. But the tens are saying it's exceedingly good. It's the difference between good and exceedingly good. It's the difference between bueno and muy, muy bueno. Right? There is a difference into it. This is, this is what he said in verse 8. If the Lord, if God is pleased with us, he will lead us to the land. A land flowing with milk and honey. And he will give it to us. The report was, the land is exceedingly good. The Lord is with us. And the Lord has given that land to us. You know, things are happening. Things happening in this world are terrifying. Things happening in this world might be very discouraging. You know, we just saw the attack to, to the nation of Israel yesterday. And they just... He said, what, what kind of world are we living in? Hardships are unavoidable. Because we live in a world that we were never meant to live in. 
had in the midst of everything. When you compare your problems with you, it can be it could be very overwhelming. But when you compare your problems to your mighty God, that must be a change of perception, a different mind shift. You see things as a godly perception, how God's word says to see things. It's just difference. I want you to grab hold of this. Whatever your problem is this morning, God is bigger. Whatever your difficulty this morning, God is bigger. Whatever you're facing today, God is bigger. Bigger. Church, I think we should just give a round of applause to the God that is bigger than everything else. We're facing. We will make it through. We're going to make it through. I want to end with this point. Because whatever you're facing today, just remember that God will always fulfill his promises. God will always fulfill his promises. This is what he says in Hebrews 10, 23. Let us hold tightly. We are wavering to the hope we affirm. For God can be trusted to keep his promise. God can be trusted to keep his promise. Unfortunately, the nation of Israel to Caleb. They didn't listen to, to Joshua. They just surveyed the report of the ten. And they just embraced fear. And they were just as cowards and they said we can and because of the disobedience you know what happened they wandered in the desert for 40 years because God said I had to I had to raise a new generation none of these people here we make it to the promised land I'm trying I'm gonna raise a new generation with a different mind shift and a different nation that have a mind shift of children of God and guess what? Guess who was leading this new generation? Caleb and Joshua. They were the leaders of the new generation. As we look forward to apply this message to our life, let me ask you three questions. The first one is, where are you Canaan? What is your Canaan? What are you promising? What are you facing today? What are you facing today? Are you seeing only in your own view? Or you seeing it with a godly perception? Let me ask you this question. We already know the two reports. What did you report of your situation? What did you report? What is your conclusion? Is look like more like the ten or looks more like the two? Second question. What is what is that in your life that is taking too much credit? You're just, giving some, you're just giving something too much credit in your life, and that thing is just bring, bring, ripping you apart. Number three, if there's anybody that you know that's going through a situation, they, they might use your godly perception to know that they can make it through. I want to invite you to close your eyes and let's go to God in prayer. Because God's still looking for men and women like Joshua and Caleb. Men and women that wanting to see things how he sees them. 
men and women that they say that say I want to walk by faith and not by sight I'm gonna trust the Lord I have been disappointing you God I have been just thinking about it's all about me God it's about you I can do everything through you where are you Canaan where are you Canaan maybe you say today I just you know what I just I just need more faith. And if that's you, we want to pray for you. I want to invite you to raise your hand. If you feel today like, God, help me to believe what you have for me. God sees those hands. God sees those hands. God, I pray for each one of them. God, help us to believe. Help us, help us to help them to have that godly perception of life. That you would never abandon or forsake them. And if today you don't have Jesus in your heart, I want to tell you, you don't, you, you can't do life alone. A great relationship starts with saying, God, I give you my life. A great start, the relationship with God starts with saying, God, I give you my life. I invite you to say those words. You feel alone, you feel like far from God. Say, God, I give you my life. The altar is going to be open if you want to come and Praise God and we'll pray to God. Let's all stand. Let's continue to worship.